Welcome to podcast number 38. These podcasts all come from a series of four books I have written entitled In Defense of Christianity. Volume 1, Freedom, is now available in ebook, paperback, and audible at ronaldmesser.com or on Amazon and Audible. Today's podcast is taken from the end notes of chapter 6, volume 2, Machiavellian Pragmatism. This podcast is entitled, Machiavellian Pragmatism and the New World Order. Generally speaking, pragmatism means to do whatever works. The Prince, written by Niccolo Machiavelli, is a 16th century treatise on how to gain power and how to hold power. It has become the playbook for modern-day American politics. Machiavellian pragmatism means that the ends justify the means. Therefore, any method, whether good or evil, kind or cruel, peaceful or violent, is justified in gaining power and holding power. In 2017, Democratic Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, no doubt criticizing the tactics of opponents, Ironically, accurately, though I'm sure unintentionally, describes how the liberals treated Justice Brett Kavanaugh, a conservative nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court. She said, We call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and then they'll say, See, it is reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it is called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made, unquote. Anyone, of course, on either side of the aisle who uses such smear tactics is practicing Machiavellian pragmatism. Machiavellian pragmatism is amoral. It ignores conscience, morality, God, good and evil. Truth, virtue, fairness, decency, justice, mercy, right or wrong, ethics, law, or prudence. It employs lies, machinations, slander, innuendo, character assassination, exploitation, collusion, conspiracy, deceit, fabrications, defamation, abuse, or any other form of coercion and intimidation. Machiavellian pragmatism is becoming more and more apparent in the actions of the politicians who rule Congress. Machiavellian pragmatism is ruled by the natural man. In Volume 2 of In Defense of Christianity, entitled Liberty, I listed 40 rules extracted from Machiavelli's The Prince, or what is known as The Little Book. In this podcast, I will list only a few. How many times in the recent past have we observed the following behavior by the liberals? Let me note here that I do not define liberals as Democrats, nor do I define conservatives as Republicans. There are patriots on both sides of the aisle. Regardless of party alignment, I define liberals as those who want to destroy our republic, and conservatives as those who want to defend our republic. Rule number 14. A man who wishes to act entirely up to his professions of virtue soon meets with what destroys him among so much that is evil. Hence, it is necessary for a prince wishing to hold his own to know how to do wrong and to make use of it or not according to necessity. Rule number 26. Therefore, anyone wishing to maintain among men the name of liberal 
is obliged to avoid no attribute of magnificence, so that a prince thus inclined will consume in such acts all his property, and will be compelled in the end, if he wish to maintain the name of liberal, to unduly weigh down his people and tax them and do everything he can to get money. Rule number 30. We have not seen great things done in our time except by those who have been considered mean. The rest have failed. By devoting themselves to the cause of socialism and globalism, the liberal left simply follows their predatorial instincts, governed by Machiavellian rule number one, quote, in the actions of men and especially of princes, from which there is no appeal, the end is everything. We often say that people who do mean things have no conscience. That is not necessarily true. The Apostle Paul uses the term, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. All of us who have burned our tongues know what it is like to momentarily lose the sense of taste. A conscience that is seared with a hot iron is one that has become numb to certain sensitivities, but not necessarily dead. We wallow in selective guilt. For example, one may commit atrocities if one merely believes in a greater cause. Partial birth abortion is an example. Can anything more heinous be committed in the name of human rights than killing a baby emerging alive from the birth canal? More evil things are committed in the name of good than in the name of evil. There's almost no evil that a man is not capable of if he can be persuaded that it is for the greater good or where the end is everything. Where a man-made law rather than conscience determines morality, then liberty is already dead. When one considers how much he can get away with through law rather than what is the right thing to do, then one pushes the law to the limit. Where the cause is more important than the character, then one can expect extremes. Consider, for example, Machiavellian pragmatism to be a scale. Since I have identified only 40 rules, there are more, but it would require another book to be comprehensive. Let's mark the parameters of the scale 1 to 40. The measurement, however, must be in two phases. The one, numerical, the other, intensity. On a numerical scale, one would measure how many of the Machiavellian rules those seeking power will use, and perhaps how many times they use each rule. On an intensive scale, one would measure how extreme they become in seeking power. In other words, how far they will go to obtain their ends. Again, the Judge Kavanaugh Inquisition, or auto de fe, is an example. Linda where the lust for power is primary and the means secondary, then Machiavellian pragmatism will emerge by necessity. One does not have to be a student of Machiavelli to use Machiavellian pragmatism. It is instinctual in all human predators. The stated purpose of every issue of the social democratic platform is human rights. However, the one thing that every issue has in common is that it reduces the rights and privileges of some while it solidifies the power of the left among selected groups whom they champion and pushes the left closer to the magic 51% that guarantees the left remains in power. It is a calculated risk. They do not mind offending those who will not vote them into power. That is stated in Machiavellian Rule Number 23. Quote, 
A prince does not spend much on colonies, for with little or no expense he can send them out and keep them there, and he offends a minority only of the citizens from whom he takes lands and houses to give them to the new inhabitants, and those whom he offends, remaining poor and scattered, are never able to injure him. They have also assigned their conscience to an ideal or to the cause of socialism, and if necessary, they will bankrupt America to bring it to its knees so that America will plead for them to save them from a catastrophe they caused. Affordable health care, which is not sustainable, is an example. The former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton said, I want to be your champion. That is Machiavellian rule number 25, quote, For it is the nature of men to be bound by the benefits they confer as much as by those they receive. Therefore, if everything is well considered, it will not be difficult for a wise prince to keep the minds of his citizens steadfast from first to last, when he does not fail to support and defend them. It is a quid pro quo. In return for her services, she expects to receive the votes of those whom she champions. The answer for the liberals to poverty in America is socialism. The conclusion that was arrived at by England, France, Germany, Russia, China, etc. However, the problem of poverty cannot be solved by the left, or the people, when self-reliant, will begin to think for themselves and demand greater freedom. It is necessary, then, to blame the continued problems on conservatives. That is where Machiavellian pragmatism comes to their aid. Trump, for example, was blamed for COVID-19. One commentator even blamed him for obesity in America. The left even tried to impeach him after he left office. When the beast of ambition is fed by gullibility, there is no end to farce. It is the same group that blames global warming on flagellant cows. Socialism does not work because the leaders do not want it to work. They do not want self-reliance or independence in the people. They do not want freedom for the people. They want them to be servants to the cause, slaves to the government. They want to gain power and to hold power. To hold power, the same threat that existed during their climb to power must also exist after they achieve power or the people will no longer need government protection. Russia must build walls like a prison to keep its citizens in. America must build walls like a fortress to keep enemies out. That is the difference between freedom and slavery, a democratic republic and a socialist or communistic state. Socialism and communism are twins. The dominant twin is communism. Communism is nothing but extreme socialism. What matters what a tyrant is called? Prince, monarch, king, ruler, sovereign, emperor, czar, chairman, leader, premier, head, chief, congressman, president, or party leader, when their methods of rule are the same. The same synonyms apply to all. Dictator, autocrat, despot, tyrant, absolute ruler, or oppressor. Solutions often represent the level of fear. Fear is the center of all control. Control equals the fear that people feel. That satisfies Machiavellian rule number 32. Quote, Upon this a question arises, whether it be better to be loved than feared, or feared than loved. It may be answered that one should wish to be both, 
But because it is difficult to unite them in one person, it is much safer to be feared than loved. When of the two, either must be dispensed with. But fear preserves you by a dread of punishment which never fails. The emperor of China and the Tsar of Russia lost power because the people no longer feared them. Their communist counterparts made sure that did not happen to them. The greater the fear, the greater the control a tyrant has over them. That is the only reason one tyranny, which was worse than the first, was allowed to replace another tyranny, such as happened in Russia and China. The Russian communists murdered more Russians than the armies of Napoleon and Hitler combined. Cruelty, war, and fear are primary to Machiavellian pragmatism. Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, The police always came at night. It is as easy for a government to move from one tyranny to another as it is to transplant a plant to similar soil. But it is difficult for a government to move from a democracy to totalitarianism unless the people are taught that democracy is the enemy. This satisfies Machiavellian rule number 24. Quote, but when cities or countries are accustomed to live under a prince and his family is exterminated, they, being on the one hand accustomed to obey, and on the other hand not having the old prince, cannot agree in making one from amongst themselves, and they do not know how to govern themselves. For this reason, they are very slow to take up arms, and a prince can gain them to himself and secure them much more easily." Unquote. If the pain is great enough, one will do almost anything to make the pain go away. Acting on economic crisis, socialists promise that socialism can make everything better. For that reason, the social democrats in America act on every crisis. The motto becomes, never let a good crisis go to waste. If someone is killed by a gun, they do not go after the criminal, they go after the guns. This satisfies Machiavellian rule number five. Quote, but when a prince acquires a new state as an addition to his old one, then it is necessary to disarm that state, except those who in acquiring it have sided with you. And even these one must, when time and opportunity serve, render weak and effeminate, and arrange things so that all the arms of the new state are in the hands of your own soldiers, who in your old state live near you." Unquote. Only by making the people afraid of democracy and self-reliance can social democrats successfully replace republicanism with socialism. The people must be persuaded that they cannot do it alone, that they cannot stand alone. That satisfies Machiavellian rule number 37. Quote, Let him see that he cannot stand alone, so that many honors may not make him desire more, any riches make him wish for more and that many cares may make him dread chances, unquote. However, social democrats must persuade the voters that what they are doing is good for the people, and that democracy is not working except for the elite. Because Christianity stands in the way of the New World Order, they must also persuade them that Christianity is a detriment to human rights. Rights must be defined by them. Because, like the old aristocracy, they do not believe that the common person has the ability to rule. The purpose of political correctness is to replace the old, outdated beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount with the relative morals of those in power. 
They are colonialist heart and soul. England had no doubt that ruling India was best for India. Communists had no doubt that ruling Russia and China was best for Russia and China. Socialists had no doubt that ruling Europe was best for Europe. The Social Democrats have no doubt that replacing democracy with socialism is best for America. They believe they know better than we do what is best for us, and whether we like it or not, they will save us from ourselves, even to the extent of using Machiavellian pragmatism and wonder why we aren't grateful. Many love to discover hypocrisy in others, which is very easy to do. Two common causes of hypocrisy are a desire to hide one's sins for shame and a desire to deceive others for personal gain. All of us hide sins for shame, making us all hypocrites. The curse of our age is that too many are too willing to tout their sins. Those atheists who, for one reason or another, hate Christians for demanding such high moral standards are the first to call Christians hypocrites for not living up to the high moral standards of the Holy Bible revealed by God, whom they don't even believe in. Machiavellian pragmatism encourages hypocrisy as a necessary attribute of those who want to gain power. In the Inquisition of Judge Kavanaugh, the Liberal Congress followed Machiavellian pragmatism rule number 18. Quote, Therefore, it is unnecessary for a prince to have all the good qualities I have enumerated, but it is very necessary to appear to have them. And I shall dare to say this also, that to have them and always to observe them is injurious, and that to appear to have them is useful. To appear merciful, faithful, humane, religious, upright, and to be so, but with a mind so framed that should you require not to be so, you may know how to change to the opposite. Therefore, it is necessary for him to have a mind ready to turn itself accordingly as the winds and variations of fortune force it. Yet, as I have said above, not to diverge from the good if he can avoid doing so. But if compelled, then to know how to set about it. Unquote. Appearing virtuous themselves, the Democratic senators hurled unproven accusations against Judge Kavanaugh that were blatantly false and unsubstantiated, while the Republican senators acquiesced in virtual silence. I am approaching 80 years old. I have followed politics since Eisenhower was elected. I have never witnessed such unblushing hypocrisy and shameful behavior on such a high level as I did on the Judge Kavanaugh Inquisition. One wonders about the moral integrity of those who cast the first stones. Could they recover from an FBI investigation into their own personal lives? Hypocrisy like a branded calf is never recognized by the one so branded. Hypocrisy is never aware of itself. It never so much as raises a blush. It has now become common practice among liberals to assassinate any opponent's character, such as Judge Kavanaugh or President Trump, who pose a danger to their agenda. The highest form of hypocrisy belongs to those who accuse others of hypocrisy to achieve their own ambitions. Because the public feeds on prurience, like vultures that feed on dead corpses, Sexual peccadilloes are the primary target. 
Few things are more blatantly obvious than the fact that the left turns a blind eye to any gross misconduct of liberals in high office, but will peck to death any wounded member of the opposing party. They merely must plant doubt in the voters' minds. Of course, another form of hypocrisy is to expect behavior in another group that one does not expect in himself. All three branches of government practiced hypocrisy when they imposed the Affordable Health Care Act on the American citizens, but exempted themselves. Such hypocrisy will eventually lead to the destruction of freedom in America. The first rule of law of a tyrant is to exempt himself from the laws. Otherwise, there is nothing to set him apart. Laws encumber those who rise to power. But of course, it isn't just high levels of government that use Machiavellian pragmatism. It emerges in all levels where people rise to power. Government, with its great latitude, is an easier target. Where serving the public is the pretended cause, it is so easy to hide one's sins in the open under the guise of necessity. Recently in Charlotte, North Carolina, legislators introduced a bill to allow members of Congress to use blue lights on their cars like police, thus allowing them to avoid rush hour traffic. Charlotte, North Carolina, like all big cities, suffers from traffic congestion during rush hour. Everyone caught in rush hour traffic suffers delays and some irritation. First, one must ask why a legislator's job is more important than the jobs of those who elected them to office who must face rush hour traffic every day. Another question, and a better one that one must ask, Does not removing themselves from the reality of their constituents make them insensitive to the needs of their constituents? If they don't feel what those whom they serve feel, how much less effective are they as so-called public servants? If such elitism is practiced on a local level, on such a small, insignificant scale, in a city with limited resources, how much greater is it on a national level, such as the U.S. Congress? where virtually unlimited resources generate accidental power that can crush millions. The U.S. Congress, by being allowed to remain too long in power, has forgotten how the rest of us live. The first thing we should do is impose term limits. That is the short-term solution. Power finds a way to remain in power. We must return to the Sermon on the Mount and to the Ten Commandments. You are right. James calls the Ten Commandments the law of liberty for a reason, and he calls the higher laws, or the virtues of Christ, summed up in the two great commandments, the perfect law of liberty. We must return to the virtues of Christ. We must live the higher law. If we even hope to preserve our liberty, we must return to the absolute laws of God. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.